All right, welcome to the golf.com podcast. We are here in Pebble. We can look out and see over the hedges, the 18th fairway. I'm Sean Zock. He's Dylan DeChair, and today, the story of today is King Kepka. He had the best press conference, I think, of his entire career as a professional golfer. Do you believe you're saying that? The best presser? Brooks Kepka, best presser of the day. I will say for a while there, his press conferences were pretty low bar to clear, but this one was invigorating. It was funny. People were laughing. Brooks was laughing. That's what happens when you win this the US Open back-to-back years and everyone treats you like a king. Well, and he even said some stuff that was provocative enough that it had the press and kind of nervous laughter. Like, ooh, did he just call for someone to get fired? He's got juice. We'll he has, get into that. But. He has more chips at the table than he has ever had. I actually asked him that at a little press conference back in the spring. I said, hey, do you have more chips at the table to say things now? He called out Sergio Garcia. He called out Bryson DeChambeau. And he said, yeah, I feel like I do. The more wins that he has, the more juice that he has. And he's using it. I love it. I'm glad that you introduced that question that way, putting yourself you know, as an important <laughs> figure because – this is how important Brooks is getting, that people in their press conferences are, like, sucking up to him. Like, hey, Brooks, this was a question from today. Hey, Brooks, we had a one-on-one sit-down last year, and then the guy just asked an unrelated question. Couldn't yeah. believe it. But everyone just wants to impress him now, we I guess. hitching all of our wagons to the Kepka train. Uh, so, yeah, what were a couple of your favorite moments? Because it felt like he just played the hits. These were some of the, the Kepka greatest hits. Yeah, my favorite part, actually, is information I've been trying to get for the longest time is who is in the house. Hashtag the house. When Brooks Kep goes to a major, he has the same people in the house every single time. And they didn't know how many people... He's always brushed off. He's like, yeah, it's the same people. And that's it. It is his agent, Blake Smith, his coach, Claude Harmon, his chef, Michael Parker, his girlfriend, Jenna Sims, and him. I thought it was going to be more than five, but it's just five. You know who's not in the house? Dustin Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an interesting thing about DJ right now and Brooks because there has to be a little inferiority complex for the guy who's older and who won a major prior to Brooks. Yeah, there's got to be in what now they have different coaches we know there's been a little bit of a Harmon split uh, although DJ was working with Butch Harmon this week so it's a whole nother thing but Brooks said they have different trainers now also mm-hmm. so I, I mean this was inevitable it's bound to happen you can only be the top two players in the world and best friends probably for so long um, but what all right what else was Brooks got into a whole he bunch continued of stuff. he continued to double down on the fact that only so many people could beat him this week someone asked Hey, you said at the PGA Championship, only 30, 35 people could beat you this week. And Brooks says, yeah, it's probably even less. Yeah. He said, you know, it's 30 or 35 people that could, you know, hang around and not get caught up in the nerves. And then it's only a handful of people within that group of 30 to 35 that are going to be able to do it throughout four days. Like, this guy feels unbeatable. Not many drivers here. Uh, I, don't, I don't need a driver that much, maybe four times this week. But... You put the ball in the fairway, and you know these greens are so small. You're gonna have to, um, you know, you can almost put it in the center of every green and have 20 feet, uh, no matter where the flagstick is. So um, it really comes down to who's gonna make putts, and you know these are some of the best pole greens that uh, that I've seen. I loved this. I loved that he said it, and then I loved that he he essentially backed it up by uh, explaining about players complaining about U.S. Open setups. This was awesome. Doug Ferguson asked him. You know, hey, Brooks, you don't seem to complain that much about U.S. Open setups. You notice last year when he won at Shinnecock, 
he didn't say a peep about, oh, this is unfair. And so in the press conference today, Kepka said, look, there's no point in complaining, A. B, everyone's playing the same golf course. Yeah. And C, if you're complaining, I don't care. And it's probably not a good strategy for you either. That guy who has six runner-up finishes, Phil Mickelson, has kind of always commented on the setup. And sometimes it's, he's commented on it being unfair. He stopped Mike Davis in the middle of a round to say, that hole we just played, that was BS. So, like, there are a lot of guys who care about the conditions, and Brooks doesn't care. He said, this was the best line, was that he said, I don't think there's ever been a bad setup. And on the flip side of that, I don't think there's ever been a great setup. There yeah. are just setups, which is a very interesting way of thinking. That is an interesting mentality, but it's so classic Brooks where it's like there are only a few things that I need to worry about. And if this is something that is the same for everyone, it is not something I have to worry about. In my mind, it doesn't equate to a bad setup or a good setup. Uh, you know, I, I'd go the other way and say I've never played one with a great setup because it just doesn't, it doesn't correlate with me. It doesn't matter to me whether if they're intimidated or not. You know, I feel like I, I've proven myself. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm intimidating. Um, I feel like I'm a nice guy. I mean, I would talk to just about anybody on the range. Well, and here's what Brooks does that other players don't necessarily do. He sticks to his job as an athlete. He doesn't try to do our job. He's not really in the content game. You know, he's not signing deals with oh, media I wish he companies. Was, yeah, but yeah, but then these these moments wouldn't be so special. But Kepka, he's like, look, I don't, I don't care about the architectural significance or that you know this pin position being here or there. I just want to beat the hell out of everyone else in the field. He was flexing throughout the entire press conference and notably at the end, but in the middle there, he was asked, "Hey Brooks, you know you've got your crew in the house. You guys kind of do the same thing." And he says, "We're in the house. We kind of step away from the golf course. I don't talk about my rounds, but occasionally at night we'll flip on the TV and see what's happening." And Brooks, king of the perceived slight, will flip on Golf Channel. <laughs> and he was asked about it, and he said, yeah, you know, I'll flip it on, and I'll see what Rich Lerner and David Duvall and Frank Novello have to say. And he left it at that, and he smiled, because you know he left out Brandel Chambly. That was his best line of the event. At night, when we're kind of done, we'll, we'll flip on the Golf Channel for, uh, for a little bit and, and see what uh, Frank and... David and, and Rich are talking about. Uh, so we'll see. That was great. And obviously he had the perfect audience for it because everyone in the media center knows about Brooks versus Brandel. And I honestly thought that we were past these slights. I thought that, look, Kepka has gone from, you know, proving everyone wrong to now he just has to prove everyone right. There are no doubters left. But not the case. He, is, he was asked about having a chip on his shoulder, and immediately he had more and more evidence. His main source this time was that Fox released a promo that did not have Brooks Kepka in it. The defending champion, two-time defending champion, that is, world number one, uh, only made three out of the four promo spots, and that's just right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, this is play number one in the Kepka playbook. He finds something. Something finds him, actually. Like you were at the center of a story that found Brooks Kepka. Claude <laughs> took your tweet, which was information about Brandel, yeah. and sent it to Brooks, and that pissed Brooks off, and then he tweeted about it. But this was, again, Brooks in the mentions, having a bunch of his friends tag him in on a Twitter promo, and all of a sudden, that's the next thing that Brooks is like, well, what the hell? <laughs> Why am I not in a promo? And what's the truth, though? The truth is that he is in all the promos except for one. 
Right. He's in three out of four. That other one, you know, at least according to Fox, that one hardly ran. But, look, the other piece we did glean from this, Brooks checks his mentions. Yeah. He's in there. I'm going to start tweeting at him more. And he doesn't really tweet. He's just a lurker. <laughs> yeah, but if he's looking, then he'll see me. The thing that Brooks kind of doesn't want, which is so funny, when you win a bunch of majors and you win a bunch of majors quickly, is that you're going to get famous. I still think it's weird when, you know, I walk into a place and, you know, I can see eyes are on me, you know, just for dinner. And I'm like, what's everybody staring at? Um, you know, I just view myself as a regular guy, just like everybody else. Like I said, the Brooks Kepka playbook is kind of about, you know, using slights to your advantage and not being out there and not having everybody realize that you're in the running and then all of a sudden, wham, you've won the major. Well, he was asked if it's hard to hide now. Now you got four majors, and he said it is getting harder to yeah, hide. Yeah, he said yes. He says when he walks into a restaurant, he notices other people are looking at him. He says it's weird. He just views himself as a regular guy, and he just happens to be really good at golf, which was an interesting answer. Yeah, he, he just wants to be normal, but we're not going to let him. Right. Like we which can't. That's not how this works. Appropriately got called out in the very next question. The guy said, you're not a normal person. No. And especially he's not a normal person here. He is defending... Two U.S. Opens in a row. He's going for his third U.S. Open in a row. He's had to change his phone number, he said, because he's getting hit up by too many people. I'm shocked that he hasn't already had to change his phone number. He said he's had it for three or four years. He did say it's past time, though, and I think this must have been a critical mass. Uh, he said people are hitting him up, and look, these guys get hit up for tickets. Even, I'm sure, like, hey, good luck, Brooks. Yeah. All that stuff must be tough to keep up with. In the end, like this press conference was actually really long, well, much longer than press conferences of the past for Brooks Kepka. It was probably the same length as Tiger's presser, which is always really long, but that's what happens when a lot of people have a lot of questions that they want to ask you. But I think that that is because there's just a better relationship between Brooks and the media. Remember how it started where he felt slighted by all media, and now it's gotten to the point where he only kind of feels slighted by like Brandle and by a couple different forms of media. We've all just kind of come closer and closed the gap on the difference between what Brooks perceives himself to be and what we perceive him to be. And the questions are getting better, but there's always stragglers of bad questions asking him, <laughs> well, where did you get that chip on your shoulder? Or like, how, yeah. how do you perceive uh, yourself to be and why is it different than other people? And eventually at some point, some guy's like, so you sound pretty motivated to win. And he's just like, yeah, I am. So... I don't know. That's kind of how his press conferences used to be filled with. They used to be just filled with the most stationary, like classic questions. We've graduated a little bit. We're on the way up, and that's what made this press conference the best one he's had yet. Yeah, and, and I think there's a couple things that lead to that. Media is more comfortable around him. He's more comfortable around the media. But you're right, he's not on his own, such an electric guy. He's always had this too cool for school mentality, but now, you know, that's interesting if you probe it the right way. You see this with some guys. I was thinking about this. I was at Patrick Cantlay's championship press conference at the Memorial two weeks ago. And talk about a guy that has had a hard time giving interesting answers at press conferences. <laughs> Patrick Cantlay needs a, a PR guy big time. But he actually, once he got going, once he got a couple you know, questions in, he said some really interesting, insightful stuff. Yeah. And I was also thinking back to Justin Thomas talking about how he had to give answers in press conferences for a while that were non-controversial, you know, didn't rock the boat. And then he felt like he built up enough juice where 
his opinion he knew would matter. These yeah. guys are aware that yeah. they can make headlines. It's, it's kind of like a golf club. If you're a new member at a golf club and you feel like you can't really share your opinion on things at the golf club for a while, I think that the PGA Tour is a little bit like that, where you can't come out there barnstorming and sharing your opinion throughout the media about how everything needs to be on the tour until you win a couple times, until you get that juice. And obviously Brooks has that in a cup that's overflowing. I mean, the, the guy's got <laughs> alpha, alpha status now. Four yeah. wins in his last eight majors. He sounded pretty confident this week. Yeah, the bottom line, too, these press conferences are important for us. Yeah. When, when you, bec- you ascend to a level of importance in the game, that's pretty much your only access to the media and to the press is through a press conference. So they are important, and the relationships need to be important. So we definitely appreciate his insightfulness. King Appreci- Kepka. Appreciate you know, that he comes across at least intentionally. And he it's stays just, the same. And he sta- he's consistent. Yeah. He said, look, Pebble Beach doesn't matter if I can't hit driver that much. I'm hitting iron where other guys are hitting three wood. Mm-hmm. You know, that still gives me the advantage. He sounds like a guy who expects he'll have a good chance to win this week. All right, that is good enough for this mini podcast on King Kepka. That's Brooks Kepka, the press conference king. For Dylan DeChair, I'm Sean Zock. Stay tuned to these other mini little podcasts we'll be doing all week here in Pebble Beach.